Their endorsements are then false because they're literally just being told to say something. That doesn't work like that. It's not as straight down the line as people would think. Well, hello, welcome along to the latest episode of the Bunkered Podcast in association with Callaway. Michael McEwen here. Hello, welcome. Thank you for your time. Pleasure to have your company and a pleasure to once again be coming to you from Chateau Richie in the leafy, I'm not going to say where it is because we don't want people showing up at your front door, but it's the leafy suburbs of Glasgow, safe to say, <laughs> Stirlingshire, whatever, I don't know. Yes, that, 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 right about that area. You're, you're making me out to be some sort of minted baron. Which, well, to be fair, if the shoe fits, or I would the like. I would like to be a minted baron. To you be would. fair, yeah. I could just see you with the cape. Yeah. Anyway, Bryce no, Ritchie, Bunker Editor, thank you for hosting us once again in your resplendent man cave. <laughs> Why are we here? Because I couldn't come into the office this morning. The wife is uh, skiing, darling. <laughs> the old ball and chain. <laughs> the old ball and chain is skiing with one's friends. Oh, really? So I've got to hang back for the wee boy to go to school, so it's not going to happen. Very good. No Very office good. time for me, so you have come to me for a change. Well, not really. It's now the third week in a row I've well, had to come yeah, and record true. this year. How was the drive? Terrible. Got stuck behind a tractor for 20 minutes. Yeah, you do have road rage in you if yes. anyone's listening. If you're ever getting screamed at <laughs> with someone in a black ID, it's most likely Michael. I have been known to lose the yes. place. So you, you're always asking me how I've been and what I've been up to. So how have you been, Michael? How Fine. are you? I'm, I'm all right. What's this, an appraisal? Yeah, what's, what's been going on? <laughs> not a huge amount. I uh, Well, that's not true. I was up until the wee small hours this morning putting the finishing touches to book number three. 94,000 words later, it's done. 94,000 so, yes. words. Yes, Do all you need about me to <laughs> Need me to sub it? <laughs> no, you're all right. I'll pass. No, it's, it's got nothing to do with golf. It's actually about football once again. So there's, there's been a London Marathon book and now two football books. Excellent. And... Yeah, the trilogy. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, the two football books have both been from 1967. And if you're Scottish or... It's a great year, Michael. It's a fantastic year. Well, you remember it. I mean, Mm. I should probably (laughs) interview you about it. Very funny. (laughs) But no, I uh, I was doing that last night. So that's done. I can get back to living my life. And what else have I been doing? Not a huge amount. I'll tell you what, though. I'm excited because... I am going to the football next week. Scotland versus Spain. I'm fully aboard the international bandwagon. Have you bought the £90 jersey? No, I have not. Not for the one to try and know. I was straight on there yesterday morning, but I'm afraid not. Yeah, I think I'll pass on that. What about you? What have you been doing before we get into the the golf chat? Because there's, we say every week, there's lots to talk about. Genuinely, nothing. Nothing? I was thinking about getting into my garden because the, uh, you know, know I got that idea. I don't like, don't like, don't like, yeah. The, we get that magazine in the office. That it's, it's, I can't remember what it's called. It's a Greenkeeper's magazine. It's a Greenkeeper's it? magazine. For some reason, they send it to me. But it's got these special industry seeds that you can get that will get Ooh. your garden looking like a, a, not a lawn, like a green. Like a duster? <laughs> well, close to it. The picture's like amazing and I just get suckered in. I mean, you can go into Amazon and buy stuff for your back garden that's like 18 quid the ones i'm looking at are like 65 pound seeds yeah you definitely get suckered suckered in, in. i 100%. think that's that's so i i think i'm gonna go i might share it I might do some back garden goals this year Ooh. and go for it because i've managed to move my wee boy in the front garden to place football in the front garden so back garden's mine i'm sure your 2000 twitter followers will be excited <laughs> with those updates <laughs> here's my grass <laughs> 
It's funny, I'm I'm pretty passionate about my grass as well, but every it doesn't year, show. It, well, really, thanks. Yeah, your garden's a dump. It's not. It's beautiful. It's, it's not really. It's lovely. See, when it blooms and I've got all the azaleas out, it actually does. I do have good. azaleas. Do you? Yes. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty cheap to get. Go to B&Q. And Are they? For, yeah, five pounds. All right, okay. <laughs> Listen, we could talk about flowers and azaleas. Let's save that for next week's pod because then it would be appropriate. There is stuff to get into. Thank you to everyone who listened to last week's episode on the rollback. Bryce has calmed down a bit now. You'll be relieved to hear. I might not have. I might genuinely might not have. There could could be a further rant. Okay, here we go then. Because rollback stuff, we spoke about it at length. The decision to knock or attempt to knock, what, 15 yards off the ball or something like that for elite professionals. Bryce gave a very good account of why that's happening. Also why he's dead against it. And then after we hit stop, Everything went wild. We finished recording, and next thing you know, Titleist released a statement very quickly. That's They're right, against yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Bryson DeChambeau, he's against it. Shot corner. Justin Thomas, he's against it. Brandel Shambley's against it. Bryson used the word atrocious. Justin Thomas said it would be so bad for the game of golf. TaylorMade have subsequently come out. They're wanting to canvas their fans. Is that the right word? TaylorMade fans, TaylorMade loyalists, yeah. I don't know. They're the people who are Buy the consumers. Yes. They're wanting to canvas them, but again, it's quite clear they're not in favour of this. Rory McIlroy, this morning, there I was, sitting at my desk, nine o'clock, <laughs> five past, thinking about the day ahead, and it comes out that Rory's been on the No Laying Up podcast overnight. He's all for it. What is going on, Bryce? The rollback story is the story that keeps on giving. I know. I, I thought it was mad. I, I did have to say when we did the podcast like last week, I nearly burst out crying when I realised that Titleist had come out after it. And they obviously put quite a lot of effort into that that response. And obviously, like, let's not beat about the bush here. This affects them more than anybody because we're talking about the ball. Yeah, and they're the ball brand. They're the ball brand. The number one brand. You know, most people who don't have an endorsement will play a, a Pro V1. There are exceptions to that because the other manufacturers have produced golf balls that are of exceptional quality. But when players are looking for a ball and are not going to be paid for it, they tend to fall back to the heritage, which is the Titleist Pro V1. It's proven in so many tours around the world. The amount of wins it's got, the amount of players playing that ball. So That's so true. When you think of golf balls, you sometimes don't even think Titleist. You think yeah. Pro V1. Pro V1 is its own brand by yeah. itself. So they are, the, they are the company that are affected by this more than anybody, which is surprising why TaylorMade have come out and said they're not really for it either. But I wonder if they are making sure that that doesn't affect drivers yeah. further down the line with those changes coming. But I think the response has been largely predicted. And to be fair, we should really have known about Rory's response because he did say in that podcast, you know, two years ago he was on a rant, but he pretty much said two years ago that he was for bifurcation, which I think a lot of people have forgotten about. He did I'd forgotten about it. Yeah, he did say he doesn't want to affect recreational golfers at all but it affect, if it if it changes the scene on the professional circuit he's all for that because he thinks it'll identify the best player and it'll suit him because he sees himself as one of the better players so it'll work in his favor so i don't think that's any huge surprise what is a surprise is when you mix in the other things that are going on with rory right now 
it gets murky. You know, he's playing vocal yes. wedges. He's been vocal about not getting on with the Stealth 2. Stealth 2 plus, to be completely yeah. accurate. He's now morphing into his old lady, which is the, the Scotty Cameron putter. Mm-hmm. And then directly coming out, literally hours after mm-hmm. the brand in, that he endorses have said they're not for it, he said he is for it. So it's quite messy. Justin Thomas was straight up, and he's gloriously with his tightless hat on, he said, this is a disgrace. Now, know. can I just point something out on that? There were so many people who jumped on the fact that Justin Thomas, sitting there wearing a tightless hat, said that, blah, blah, blah. I found that a bit funny because, yeah, we, we know he's sponsored by Titleist, but regardless of what happens with this, I fully expect Justin Thomas to still be sponsored by Titleist. He'll be fine. It's not like anything in his world is necessarily going to change as far as endorsement goes. No, he'll I, still I, have a ball. He'll still have a ball. He'll still have a ball. It's whether it's whether they're happy with that ball going 15, 20 yards less than it did before. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. The, the only, the, I guess what the point I'm making there is that some people seemed to be suggesting that Justin Thomas's views were not his, but that of his sponsor. That's, that's just bollocks. I mean, it's quite possible that his opinion also so happens to align with what other people think. Yeah. For, 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 what, for what it's worth, <laughs> brands don't pressure players like that. They don't do it as much as people think. They may do it in the background, but they don't pressure players to have this opinion because if that got out, they're in trouble. Of course. Big trouble because they are their endorsements are then false because they're literally just being told to say something. That doesn't work like that. It's not a straight down the line as people would think. And there's Rory demonstrating it just now. 100%. There's Bryson last year, not happy with his driver. He was totally wrong and lost his contract because of Mm -hmm. it. So I think that's not, people view that as a... It's too cynical. Yeah, it's too cynical. The one thing that I've found out that we don't really have an understanding of yet is whether they're going to sell this MLR ball. So... I've just actually just five minutes ago text one of my pals and said, would you buy an MLR ball? And I said, no. He says he's a Pro V1 guy. He'll buy a Pro V1 because he wants the best and that's what he relies on. Why would I want to go to something that's not going to not going to suit me? But his big thing was that he's got no real interest in playing exactly what the pros play. So not everyone has the opinion that I have. I'm not necessarily about playing what the pros play. It's about having the option to play it. I'm having the, it's the fact that it is the same. The mm. only thing that's pissed me off is that there's a few arguments lately that, you know, the game is, if, like people are saying, well, the game is effectively bifurcated anyway because oh, nobody can do nonsense. what they do. That's not what bifurcation no, is. That's not. called somebody being better at it. And it's like, well, they play at different swing speeds. They get brand new balls all the time. You can get brand new balls all the yeah. time. You can upgrade your driver all the time. You can work on your swing speed every single day. You don't. But when you step onto the golf course, you're on the same level playing field as a professional golfer. They just happen to be exceptional at what you do. They're better at getting the best out of the equipment. That's uh-huh. what it comes down to. Yeah, and you blow chunks. That, that's <laughs> that's the difference. You've been watching Wayne's World, yeah, haven't you? That's you why sent me a Wayne's World gift earlier, and now you've thrown that in. But that, that is what golf is. That's yeah. not bifurcation. Bifurcation is when they're playing with a set of rules and equipment that's different mm-hmm. to you on the same platform. What those other people are describing as sport. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I 
and it's almost like they've nailed it. Yeah, yeah you're, you're quite right. I, I put the question to you last week because I know how opposed to bifurcation you are in principle, but it seems to me that that's predicated on the idea that you cannot, at that point, use the same gear. But if the option to buy a yeah. MLR ball was available, are you for or against that? I'm still, I'm still against it. However, this is a tricky thing. If they introduce an MLR ball and make it public, bifurcation technically doesn't exist. What you have is a ball that is non-conforming at the elite level. And we have had that for a while. We had it with drivers. Remember you play, you play with people who had, you know, illegally hot drivers. Mm-hmm. That, that's You couldn't buy them, but they were still in the marketplace. Same with wedgies. When you had the wedgie situation a few years ago with the grooves, they were. T- I guarantee there will be somebody in Scotland right now playing with an illegal wedge. Oh, 100%. Nobody will know. I might be. I don't know. Yeah. There's every chance. So if the MLR ball becomes for public sale, and I, I call it an MLR ball, it's not going to be called that. You know what I mean? A rolled back ball. I'll be interested to see whether people want to buy it or not. Would I buy it? I, don't, I genuinely don't know. Would you try it? Absolutely. 100%. Of course I would. Because that's the thing about your your pal's reply to your your message saying, no, I wouldn't. Test it first. It might actually be better for you. Yeah, you never th- know. That's the thing. It might. It shouldn't be. It's designed this, not to be good for professionals. So why should it be good for you? But I mean, it might. I'm, I'm all for the, 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 the R&D guys at, at Titleist. Look, they know so much about golf balls. What happens if they produce a golf ball that's 20 hours shorter, but absolutely goes straighter? There's the thing. That's the one thing that golfers always struggle with. Would you pump it out there 20, 30 yards in front of your playing partner or would you rather find the middle of the fairway 30, 20, 30 yards back? I'm conflicted. (laughs) (laughs) But I think I would rather find, I think I would rather find the fairway. At our level, yeah. Yeah. Because hitting out of the rough, it's harder to control the ball. You're having to hack at it anyway. We don't have the skill that professional golfers have. At pro level, I think I had the same feelings right up until Bryson DeChambeau won the US Open. When it's contrary to popular opinion, he wasn't finding fairways. He was hitting it miles, but he was hitting it into US Open rough. And he's re- and to be fair, I, th- I do think that's a one-off week because his recovery that week was outstanding. But he was able to, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's like, that's the toughest but, test but in that, golf. But th- there, there's another thing. To beat it. But that was meant to be harder following the wedge changes. They yes. made their wedge changes so that deli- it wasn't in to do with being from the, the fringe or anything like that. It, this was from the rough with a wedge. The authority said it was too easy to get their numbers in and the dispersion with a wedge in the hand out the rough. We are going to change that. Has it worked? No, it hasn't worked. And the thing is, they made that. This is where it goes against what I'm saying. They made that change. Nobody batted an eyelid. No mm. one goes out on eBay looking for an illegal wedge. <laughs> no, give me, give me those 2004 tightless fokies. Where are they? Okay, 20 quid, mate. No, it doesn't work well, like some that. Some people tried on tour, if you remember, with the ping items. Oh, yes, we'll not go there. So maybe the ball will not be a big deal, and we're all yep. getting in a fizz about nothing. Maybe John Ram will do testing in... December, November, December, 2025, and you'll find that the MLR ball actually it goes five yards less than yeah. it did. Who cares? Let's just move on. Well, that's and it. maybe it's, it's up not to a big 15 deal. Fifteen yards. Yeah, that's what they're saying. Up to for the fastest ball speeds. Yeah, fastest club head speeds. So maybe, but then if Kevin somebody, Kisner's going to lose half a yard. Yeah, but if some of them, well, yeah, 
that that's we're all speculating. We don't really know the outcomes. I, I'm, we're not sure about the, and I'm forgive somebody who works in a golf magazine, but I'm not sure of the financial outcomes when it comes mm-hmm. to marketing and selling product. But I, I did say in the past that it could be quite a a new a new line to go down that you would sell specifically tour gear mm-hmm. because that's what this is. You would only really use that. And it could be limited numbers. There will be golfers out there that will think, yeah, actually, I actually quite fancy that. But from what I've read online, people's opinions, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. People are not that swayed about what tour players play. But they say that, but I'm not convinced that they're, they actually the consciously spe- mean it. The specific gear, I think some people follow the brands. You know, yes. I've got friends who will only play tailor-made because there are certain players they like who only play tailor-made. Likewise, Callaway. Likewise, Titleist. That, Likewise team, with Ping. People, team, yeah. people know what they get with Ping. My dad buys Ping. He loves Ping. That's his thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's a reason Team Titleist exists and has such a big loyal following. Yeah. It's because people, I think, tend to follow the brands. This is probably a really unfair question to ask, Bryce, but the RNA and the USGA, do you have any sympathy for the position they find themselves in? 100%. Martin Slumbers wasn't at the forefront of this 20 years ago. And I do get the feeling that if Martin Slumbers was part of this 20 years ago, we would have resolved this already. I, I, I get the impression from Slumbers that he's quite keen to make a decision. This is not an easy thing, but Peter Dawson didn't really make decisions quickly. Look at how he dealt with the sexism thing with Muirfield. Didn't deal with it very well, let's be honest. If you were in the press conference where that happened 20 years ago, where it was discussed in 2002 about Muirfield and the the quality, and then like a few years later it happened again, why are we going to this course? Uh, Dawson did did not deal with that well at all procrastinated took too long dismissed it didn't really take in public opinion so has that been the case when it's come to equipment i do wonder whether martin slumbers if he'd been in charge earlier would have made the decisions earlier because he would have had usga a bit more on side so i definitely didn't take when we were watching that press conference last week that the usga were leading this i I don't believe that's the case this is a joint venture it's a joint venture and uh, i do have sympathy for them because what about it, Justin it, Thomas's remarks then about the USGA specifically? He wasn't directly, he didn't directly reference the RNA here, but he said that they, I'm paraphrasing, but quite often do things that they say is in the best interest of the game, but just blatantly aren't. I think that, I think to be honest, I think it'd be slightly disrespectful. I think he made a comment about, you know, was it not 10, 15 handicappers making decisions for people who are, that's, that's just ridiculous. This whole I, thing again of, well, it's amateurs making decisions yeah. for professionals. They're amateur golfers. Yeah, they are professional administrators. Their job is to run things and they do an exception. When mm-hmm. you go to an open, you realise how well that event is run. It, nothing really goes wrong mm-hmm. ever at an open. It's exceptional. That's their job. The way they run the event, the way they expose the event, the way they market the event, the way they get the event on TV, the way they treat the media. I know some people would disagree <laughs> with that. But they are professional. Yep. So for him to say that they're you know, they're not in a position to make those decisions as downright disrespectful. A lot of people will be listening to this and they'll be saying, well, here's the editor of a golf magazine, absolutely against the rollback, but its biggest advertisers are equipment brands. Yeah, I can see right through that. A bit like the JT point earlier on. To be absolutely clear for the record, you are, this is your personal opinion, you just don't like the idea of a rollback. 
Yeah, I, I, listen, let me go the other way. My professional opinion is that Callaway could make money off an ML, MLR ball. Seize the opportunity. Could be seizing. This is, we are about making money here. This is a, golf is not, we don't just play for the fun of it. We do play for the fun of it, but there is a business involved yeah. at the back end as well. If that business isn't successful, the sport's dead. You know, look, look at rugby in England. It's yeah. not been run very well. It's a shambles. They're not making any money. And, you know, the teams are falling apart. It's not that to me, that suggests that's not a very well run sport. Mm -hmm. Golf is. Golf's at an all time high, which proves that the people in charge of every tour and at, at the forefront of the organizations are doing a really good job. I don't I don't dispute that. I don't think, but to be fair, I don't think anyone's worried about my opinion on whether we're, whether we're <laughs> involved in are. marketing. I hope they are. Jesus. <laughs> Otherwise, what's the last 20 minutes been for? What's the last 120 episodes been for? Jeez. Doing yourself a disservice. I've seen it said about Liv, just a couple more points on this before we will move on. I've seen it said about Liv Golf that there's an opportunity here for them because the PGA Tour, they are not sold on this idea either of a rollback. They want to do their own data analysis and by god they've got a lot of data yeah, to they, analyze so depending what way the they thing go, is that the, the thing is pg2 don't need to do data analysis they own the data well they still need to analyze they it, could presumably. sell that data to live there's yes, a business opportunity true. but on, on the point of the ball when they analyze it if they decide you know what rolling back's a good idea live can do the opposite and say see if you want to see 400 yard drives we're the tour for you. Yeah, and say goodbye to world ranking points because you all have to play off the same level playing field. So live or screwed, whatever the opinion happens, they are going to be dictated to by the other tours. Unless the Asian tour suddenly decides that it's anti-rollback, then we've got a situation. So but this is the thing. We all have to agree. So I, I, it's not been discussed yet but because it, to me, it wasn't clear that the authorities were saying the PGA tour had to agree with this. They're absolutely saying they, yeah. don't, they don't necessarily have to. So it's really... It's, it's a local rule. So if they want to implement it, they can. To, What's unclear for me is whether or not the players. it has to be a tour-wide decision. Yeah. Or do the individual tournament stakeholders have that decision? Because remember, the DP World Tour, and we're getting really technical now, but they don't own the vast majority of their events. Oh, yeah. I think I, they own eight. Oh, I think it'll be a tour decision. Do you think so? Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think they're going to go, you'll go to the Mallorca Open and play your Pro V1 and then go to, you know, Dubai and play I'm name LR. But I don't think See, that'll happen. For me, it's always been he who pays the piper calls the tune. But I do think it's slightly strange that you could play, Rory could play 26 events and two of them would be an MLR ball event. So you'd have to change his bag for twice a year. That seems a bit strange. You take the Open Championship. So let's say the DP World say... By the way, I've got a great example we're to throw back at anti-rollback. So you're... Say you're Min Woolley and you come to Scottish Open. Now let's just fast forward and pretend it's 2026 this year and last year. 2025, Min Woolley did win the Scottish Open and he comes to uh, Hoylake. He defends at the Scottish Open with his Callaway Chrome Soft does his thing, fantastic. He actually wins. Let's see, he wins. Back and the back. Monday morning, back-to-back defence, and the Monday morning, he's got to travel down to Hoylake, but he's got to change ball. So he's yes. got to go on that Monday afternoon, go to the Callaway truck, and work out his distances. It's not just, a, it could be just, just hit the ball and here's your new distances, 
But spin weights with drivers, when you affect a driver, you then affect a three wood, which affects your gapping. Then there's things about putting. He's gone from link one links course with one ball to another links course with a different ball. All the while, guys who didn't play in the Scottish Open have maybe had two weeks head start yeah. on him testing. That, to me, spells a really complicated system for a guy who who's going into the biggest week of the year. No offence to Augusta, but that, that's so not clear. This is what I'm going to throw back. You're looking ahead. Let's look backwards. 1953, Ben Hogan comes across. First ever time playing in the Open Championship. Comes across two weeks early and goes and plays Pan Muir, I think it was, every Pan day, Muir, yeah. day upon day upon day, because the balls were different. Mm -hmm. The ball in America was, forgive me, was it slightly wider or slightly... Browner. <laughs> but they, they had different diameters, didn't they? Mm -hmm. slight, slight, but enough to make a huge difference. So he came over, said, right, here's that new ball, thanks very much. Got used to it, and then went out and won the Open. And never came back. And never came back, granted, but he did it. Yeah. You know, so... All we're really doing here is just going back to the way things were. He was going That's back and forth with track nine numbers <laughs> like you would not believe. He was a flight scope guy, Chris. <laughs> I guess for me, I'm, I'm, I'm very conscious of the fact that I've not thrown an opinion out here. I'm, I'm throwing questions at you and really and truly throwing you under the number 59 bus. So for what it's worth, where I'm at with this is we are playing a modern game in 2023 but come 2026, we could be doing it using equipment designed for the 1990s. That doesn't feel quite right to me. Don't like that idea. A ball designed for 1990s. Designed to protect really only a couple of golf courses. Let's be honest. To protect a couple of golf courses and a very, very small percentage of players on tour, never mind around mm. the world, that's what has got some people quite pissed off. I mean, I know some people are saying, I won't say who, but I've had conversations with people saying, well, you know, places like Sunningdale are now obsolete at the top level of the it's game. It's obsolete anyway. It's, it's been obsolete for 25, 30 years. Exactly. It's unfortunate, but it's also evolution. I'm, I'm, I'm quite, I get quite indignant about people saying, you know, things were way better in the, the olden days. We're always going to have those tinted glasses about the past. It's mm -hmm. called nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. Equally, I do get pissed off when people say, Everything now has to be the longest, the biggest, the best, the furthest, the craziest. Yeah, it's the it's the it's a label driven culture we've got just now. So there's a bit of a trade off for me. It comes down to this: let's not use gear that was designed to be at its potential or maximum value thirty years ago. Yeah, that's I know that's not right. It's still conversation. What if James Braid? What if James Braid went against Rory McIlroy? Who would win? You cannot answer that question. Have you ever seen James Braid swing a club? You ever seen him swing a club? You ever seen Bobby Jones yeah. swing a club? Yeah. I've so, got a flicker book of Bobby Jones. Yeah, I know you do. It's one you, of my prized I know, possessions. I know it is. But he, he didn't hit the ball the way Rory did. Mm. He didn't swing the club the way Rory did. He didn't have the angle of attack the way <laughs> Rory did. He's playing on a different golf course. He used to drink and smoke, and it's a different world. My guess is Bobby Jones had no idea what loft the driver he was using. Yeah. I'll take anyone. <laughs> Final question. Oh, God, so another one. Yeah. Someone has said on Twitter, more than one person actually, that all this could be decided on April the 5th when Fred Ridley sits down for his annual gathering with the media at Augusta National on the eve of the Masters and gives the state of the nation. Yeah. Depending on what he says, rollback, good thing, rollback, bad thing, that could be 
the beginning and the end of the whole conversation, no? I suspect they will be pro-MLR ball. Why? Because they've got a golf course to protect and it's all they've got. It's pretty good, but their whole ethos is their golf course. They are all about they are all about tradition. When you go into Augusta, there's pictures of um, Bobby Jones and Clifford Roberts everywhere. They exist on history. They promote their heritage. Should one club they be do- allowed to dictate the entire sport? For the purposes of saving their golf course? Yes, because they have that influence. And to be honest, they have earned that Oh, they do, but should they? Should they? Should they be able to influence golf to that extent? Yeah, I'm quite happy with that. Masters, big deal. Do you want the Masters to change to be a bomb and gouge thing? I don't really want that. That is what the authorities are off the record suggesting is going to happen in 20, 30 years. And it's hard to sit here... Despite my anti-bifurcation stance, it's hard to sit here and say that they are wrong. Look at what they're doing at 15, sorry, 13. 15 last year, to be yeah. fair. Yeah, so they're making all sorts of changes. They're doing subtle things at Augusta, like changing the bounce of the landing area for a drive so it doesn't go forward and it goes sideways. That's what they are doing, and it's a protection. So they'll do that again, if need be, but they don't need to do as much. Because I think they will just adopt an MLR ball. Well, there you go. They did say they don't want a master's ball, but that's not a master's ball. It's an MLR ball. It's not theirs. It's been brought in by somebody else. The devil in the detail, Mr. Ritchie. Thank you. Right, let's move on, shall we? WGC Dell Technologies Match Play Championship taking place this week at the Austin Country Club in Texas. The final time it will go there, and quite possibly the final edition of the match play altogether. There's suggestions that somebody will pick it up. Maybe love. Mm. But it does appear that it is on life support. Very popular. Yeah, you like that. It's terrible. I know. Well, Is that a shame if we lose the match play from the schedule? Yeah, match play is that discussion, isn't it? We we always want more match play. Every time the Raider Cup comes along, (laughs) we get the same crap. Let's have more match play. No, let's not. Um, what was the score in the Hero Cup? Without <laughs> looking it up, what was the score in the Hero Cup no in idea. January? Yeah, no idea. All these people that say we need more match I play could not tell you that. Do you the, know the reason match play is great, price? It's because we get it once every in a now and then. Yeah. See if we got it the way we get 72 hole stroke play. Wouldn't be a special. Yeah, I know. No, I do think it is sad. I think it's it's good that it happens on the tour, the, the, on the PGA Tour, on the big scene. I do like the way they've set it up, despite the leagues are being re- completely ridiculous and the fact that you can lose and you still be involved. Like that. No, but it doesn't work. We, like we've said this before. You cannot have a match play tournament where the best player in the world can get knocked out the first morning and everyone goes home. <laughs> it doesn't work. It just is not a match play tournament. Tiger like sitting there on a Wednesday yeah. night saying fuel the jet. Uh-huh, fuel the jet. Remember the HSBC in London? Yeah. Remember yeah. it was a big deal, a million pounds and everything, and then... They a just, million? They didn't they don't get... don't get out of bed for a million these days. <laughs> <laughs> um, 3.6 million in the Texas remember, Open. Remember there, was, there was people talking about how that was a disgusting amount of money back yeah, then. Yeah. Thought, God's sake. Seven figures, how dare they? You get that for coming 17th now. <laughs> So, I, I, but but that event didn't work because mm-hmm. not all the top players played and it's just, let's be honest, it was a bit crap. Yeah. This has got all the best players. I think it'll be great. I thought last year's was brilliant. You know, you'd hole in ones. I think it's a really cool golf course. Yeah, with a cool the, golf with course. The, the par 3s near the end that can be decisive. Yeah. I think the views are brilliant. It's in Texas. 
What do you know about Texas golf? How many golf courses in Texas? Tell me. I have no idea. <laughs> That's why it's so fascinating. <laughs> Honestly. Oh, well, Texas. Texas. Do you know how big Texas is? How big? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but it's pretty big. <laughs> Just as well people don't listen to us for detail. Yes. Let me look. You're sitting there. I'll Google golf courses in you, Texas and I'll come back with some knowledge for the you. The one thing that's really disappointed me this week, and I think I've mentioned this in the pod previously, I love the World Golf Championship trophies. They I know I said that. Stunning. They're absolutely beautiful. We're going to lose them because it looks like the WGCs are now gone. Elevated events have taken over. So those spectacular Wedgwood trophies are going to disappear. But they've decided to get rid of it already. They've replaced the it's a sort of sky blue color of trophy that they gave to the match play winner they've got rid of that even though it looks like it's the last year and replaced it with this crystal version what happens to the old trophy good question will it be rehashed like the bunkered match play challenge trophy which is now which is now given out by scottish golf to i think it's the under 16 boys i think yeah if you win that bunkered match play challenge we should talk about that sometime yeah yeah that was an interesting well you're not going to reinvent it are you I don't mean talk about it as in bring it back. All and right, okay. Tell yeah, people yeah. Right, okay. what an almighty... Yeah, let's But no, they've replaced the, the stunning trophy with a crystal version that just looks like... Honestly, it looks like it needs potpourri in it. <laughs> it is absolutely repulsive. Stop giving away crystal trophies. Yeah, no. Trophies I should be if you, silver. If you drop it, that's it. Silver or gold. Yeah, you're right. Drop it. Smashed. Gold. <laughs> you don't work for the tour. Ryder Cup, hello. Yeah, that's different, yeah. Anyway, before we go to the break, and on the subject of the WGC Match Play Championship, or just WGCs in general, I have a quiz. You can ask me how many courses are in Texas, because I've got the answer. Go for it. 800. Shut up. Yep. Really? 800 courses. 800 courses in Texas, and I can name one. Which one? Austin. (laughs) Is that the only one you can name? (laughs) Yeah. Can't name another. Dallas Country Club. Oh yeah, Houston Country Club. Now you're just going to Houston Country Club. San Antonio. Oh, yeah, that is in Texas. Well, San Antonio is hosting the Valero it's a big Texas oil scene, Open isn't next it? week. Anyway, let's move on. You know more than you realise. Yeah, true. Back yourself, which leads us nicely into the quiz. In the history of the WGCs, I didn't, didn't authorise this quiz. I know. Tough. Okay, someone's got to call the shots. May as well be me. In the history of the World Golf Championships, sixteen players have won. Multiple WGCs. Name them. Rory. Correct. DJ. Correct. Darren Clark. Very good. Tiger Woods. Correct. So DJ's won six. Tiger out in front on 18. That's your top two. Henrik Stenson. Rory has three. Clark has two. Henrik Stenson. Wrong. Brooks Kepka. That's wrong. I don't think he's won that. Nope. Because he's actually not got a... Oh, God, this is going to be hard. Well, just as well, you've got a bit of time to think about it. If you're listening at home, see if you can get them as well. 16 names so far. Bryce has rattled off four, so you're 25% of the way there. Tiger Woods with 18 has the most WGC victories in history. Second place, Dustin Johnson with six. You also mentioned Rory McIlroy, who has three, and Darren Clark, who has two. There are two others who have three, the remainder all have two. So I'll let you get your thinking caps on with that one. I'll give you the answers a little bit later in the show, but stay tuned, loads more to come on this week's episode of The Bunker Podcast in association with Callum. 
everyone expects distance from their driver. We're shifting the paradigm to deliver far more than that. We constructed the first ever 360 carbon chassis. It's 44% lighter than titanium, shifting weight to actively enhance both distance and forgiveness. Now you get 15% tighter downrange dispersion in our longest driver ever. This is the new paradigm in performance from Callaway. Welcome back, part two of this week's Bunkered podcast. Michael and Bryce here coming to you live from Bryce's Man Cave. Before we go any further, Fancy Golf, Bunkered Fancy Golf is back, ladies and gentlemen. Our year-long competition kicking off at the Masters in two weeks' time and registrations will be open from Thursday afternoon. So if you're listening to this on Wednesday or Thursday morning, pump the brakes. At the Bunkered website, bunkered.co.uk, you'll be able to register for free and we have some absolutely brilliant prizes for you this year, including a top prize of a trip for two, for seven nights, plus tons of golf, accommodation, flights, transfers, you name it, to, drum roll please, go over to the, the drum kit please. No, it's upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> to the spectacular Costa Navarino, an absolutely phenomenal destination. One lucky winner of our fancy golf competition will be going there. The race to Costa Navarino, that's what we're rebranding the competition as. It's still bunkered fantasy golf, but the leaderboard will now be known as yeah, the race. Smashing prize. I might play this year. I think we should I think we should have a proper yeah. but we spoke about this last year, but a proper yeah. bunkered podcast mini league. Yeah. So if you're interested, slide into my DMs, let me know that you want to play and I'll send you a code. Awesome. But well that's the phone. Excuse me. Any chance you could just turn that off, please? This is a professional endeavor. Are you done? I'm now. Sorry, I got a little bit diva-esque there. But <laughs> really? Is that just, you as a diva? Just, just turn your phone off. Really simple. No. I'm just going to check mine. Off, <laughs> I need so, to get the door when somebody uh, comes to the front door. fine. Jeeves, deal with that, would you? <laughs> so, bunker.co.uk, enter Fancy Golf for free. Just get involved. Right, moving on. You didn't think we were going to go an entire podcast without mentioning Live Golf, did you? Live staged their second event of the season in Tucson, Arizona last week. Bryce, who won? Danny Lee. Correct. You tried well to done. get you tried to get me I there. Did, I saw yeah. what you did and I I take umbrage to that. Pose's winning score. Sixteen under. I'll take you at your words. I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> <laughs> I know he won in a playoff, but yes, Danny Lee won. And the Fireballs were the winning team. Sergio Garcia's mob. Go Fireballs. Yes. We're being a little bit churlish, but there's a reason for that. Because did you watch any of Live? Well, no, it wasn't, it wasn't on uh, YouTube. So I apparently have to go to an app. Mm -hmm. I don't have any more space on my phone. So, so someone's going to have to give. You, you and don't I tell have you what, a Live app? No, I don't have the Live app. And, you know, I've just downloaded the Masters app. So something's going to give. And at the moment, it's going to be Live. Live's going to give. Because the Masters app is immense. It's the greatest app in the history of apps. It is. It's an and app must like have, no other. An app like no other. And there's just something about it. You can sit on that app and look at pictures and just scroll videos and look through endless mm. statistics that mean nothing. Yep. But And those pictures will be as close as you get to Augusta this year. Uh, they're immense. We'll come to the Masters. We're getting to the Masters. Right, so okay. I want to talk about okay. Live. Right, okay. 
So you didn't watch any of last week's event. I'm going to be honest, neither did I. No, I watched a lot. To be fair, I saw, um, I saw a lot of highlights. Yeah. I, that's what I relied on, the highlights on Amazing social crowds. media and so on. Amazing crowds. You're smiling. I'm not joking. You thought the crowds were good? They were good. Mm-hmm. Why are you being sarcastic? I'm not being sarcastic. I'm just wondering where you're going with that. Nowhere. I saw, I'm saying I'm being serious. They, get, they got good crowds. Because the reason I say that is there were a lot of people in social media who were doing what people in social media do, taking pictures of players hitting shots with absolutely nobody there. But you thought the crowds were yeah. clearly okay. From what better, I saw. Better than were reported. From what I saw, whether they're faking it or something, I don't think they are. The crowds look good. You just mm-hmm. got be, to be honest. It looked like a good event to me. I'm, I'm, I've been critical of Liv, and I'll, I'll continue to give my opinion on it, whether we've got a relationship with them or not. And I thought the crowds were good. Okay. The lack of availability in terms of being able to watch it, or ease of availability is probably a better way of putting it, because you can. It's just a bit of a faff to watch golf, though, isn't it? Yeah. I, I, I have no idea why they've taken it off YouTube because I would might have watched it if it had been on YouTube. I might have had it on in the background. That's the biggest audience possible that you can go to. So why would they take it off there? But only they can answer that. They're obviously, whether they're getting paid to go with this other network in the States, I don't know. And whether that's part of the deal, like if, if, if we're paying you to take this content, why are you giving it away for free? Mm-hmm. Might, might be something to do with that. But it is quite difficult. I, I've... I don't know where to go for it. Have I looked into watching it? No. So that's my fault. I wonder if they're starting to lose a little bit of momentum because this was the first normal week that they've had since they launched. If you if you know what I mean, I'll, I'll try and explain. But basically, last year they had the launch and then every event they had some kind of hook, whether it was the first event or the first event in the States or new players signing or it was the team championship finale, there was some storyline every single week. And then last month, you had the first event of 2023. Second event was just the second event. There there were no new player signings. There's not going to be new player signings, we're told. There was no real... If you're going to put a strap line on it, what was the strap line for last week? This is it. This is just a tour event now. This is just live. This is what live is. What you're looking at now... That's not fair. This is what it should be. But it should be with sponsors. And they've not got that. So if they had all the sponsors on their arms and team names were all sold as franchises, this would be live. But this is what you've got without that. So it's up to the audience to decide whether they like what they see. If you go by social media, people love it. If you go by Facebook pages on live, people love it. If you also go by a US audience that's that's on another platform, they tend to ridicule it. So there's both sides here. It's I, th- I genuinely think some people do like live. Mm-hmm. I don't think your average golfer really has that much of an anti-opinion of it. I think they just see it as golf. And we'll soon see what the numbers are like when it comes to the UK. Once again, the Nielsen ratings came out, the, the TV ratings in the States, and for the second event in a row, it seems that Liv lost out to World's Funniest Animals or something like that, or World's Craziest Pets. But the to be ratings. fair, some of those some of those pets are genuinely really funny. <laughs> it's, 
it's not good. That's the point I'm making for for something that's meant to be revolutionary. But I will say it's that it's not great. I will say that. Do we know? Do we know what the DP World events lost out to when it came to TV numbers? We don't, but we don't talk about it. And it it's easy to take the piss out of Liv and the fact that they did lose out to World's Funniest Pets. That's hilarious, considering all the investment they've put in. But we don't we don't really treat the DP World like that. And I think if you delve down deep into DP World's numbers and some of its quiet weeks, you wouldn't want to know the answer. No, it's very true. I mean, and you look at crowd sizes as well. I mean, how many times have you turned on the TV, watched the DP World Tour playing in some far-flung place and there's nobody there? I mean, crowd yeah. sizes, that's a problem. Of course it is. It's not unique to And live. it's been there for a long time. So Liver, if anything, when it comes to crowd sizes, Liver doing rather well. Alan Shipnick of the Fire Pit Collective, he wrote a very long very detailed and very interesting report on the state of play with Liv. He attended, again, the Tucson event, claims to have spoken to a lot of players, and some of the findings quite interesting. Yeah, I thought, to be fair, I thought the beginning of the piece was really good, and I, I genuinely, I thought it tailed off. I thought, I mean, Alan's a great reporter. We all know that. I do think he was trying to find something out that he didn't quite get, so he put all the good stuff in at the beginning to try and keep you in because it. I was expecting something to finish that didn't quite happen. But even then, for those who are interested in the devil and the detail when it came to live and the background stuff with, you know, players and the, the jets and the, the, the canopies, the parties, they're not being treated the way they were last year. And it appears that's pissed a few people off. The how they're they're how do you say it? they're how they're divvying out the prize money. Certainly, as far as the teams go, yeah, is maybe not what players had in mind a year ago, and whether the realities kicked in. I mean, maybe so a bit it of, seems that the prize money for the teams is getting reinvested into the teams. Yeah, so three million dollars for the the winning team, I think it is mm-hmm. three million dollars. That's not getting divided equally amongst the four players like it was last year. Pat Perez made a fortune off the four aces last year, but that's 750 grand that he would get if they won in Tucson last week. He wouldn't get to see a penny of that now because that's going back to the team. So when it goes to the team, what does that mean? They've got a pot to go and spend on merch or you would think, advertising? Yeah, or? You would think, but that's where it gets a little bit confusing for me because... Who's in charge of that money? Correct. Yeah, and Liv takes a cut of that as well. So Liv are effectively paying themselves out of their own that, prize that, fund. That, that's it. So it's a bit weird. And then I look at something like the Majestics, for example. Three team captains out of the four players on that team. Henrik Stenson, Ian Poulter, Lee Westwood. If you're Sam Horsfield, and I'm spitballing, but let's say you don't have equity. Maybe they've done something behind the scenes that's allowed them it. But you don't have equity, but the other three do in that team. How invested could you possibly be in the team element? I, 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 I can't wrap my head around it. I genuinely can't wrap my head around it. How big invested can anyone be when they've already been paid $100 million to take part? There's that, yep. How, how invested can you be? How much are you fighting for the right to survive and, mm-hmm. and improve? If you have banked £100 million to, to, to get in, however, they're not getting that money, as we find out. That's mm-hmm. being paid back long term. So is that not the case that, that the money that they win comes off the hundred million or something like that? It's very confusing. That's been rumoured for a while. Liv it's never officials been denied it emphatically last year. But 
the rumours persist. Yeah. Let's put it that way. But no player has come out and said anything publicly. And I think that's what Alan Shipnick's piece stood out for me, that not one player said anything publicly they weren't happy with. It was all hearsay. Mm-hmm. So no I'm one also, went on the record. No one went on the record. And I'm always a bit dubious when somebody refuses to go on the record. Because usually, if that's the case, it will come out. And if there is discontent, it will come out. But yeah, Like I say, it doesn't mean they didn't say it. It doesn't mean it's untrue. Yeah. But there's it lots just, of things like, you know, yeah. there was a couple of weeks ago, people saying that Norman was not involved anymore and it looks like he's getting fired. And there is Norman. Standing there on the first tee. Yeah. As ever, noise, rumour, speculation. And that seems to be what continues to sustain live. Yeah. Once that dies down, and I think it's starting to, then as you said, you're left with a golf tournament. Uh-huh. If that golf tournament's not very easy to view, if it doesn't reach people in a simple, straightforward way, how can it possibly endure? Listen, Liv's biggest problem, Liv's biggest problem is his best players are not performing. Its star names are not are not delivering. Look at the top five on their, they, I don't think they call it a money list, they call it something else. Can, can't really call it a money list, can they? No. <laughs> Rankings. Uh, a ranking. Their, their best players recently have not been their star names. You know, Brooks has not played that well, been injured, hardly really been a big figure. Bryson's been horrendous. I mean, he was he was not far off dead last. Mm-hmm. So I think that's their big problem, is that all the names, when they announced Liv and, and they got the 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 marketing going and so on, all these big star names were involved and people started talking, the social media ramped up. All those players have gone quiet. It's a very, very good point. And I think some people will link that back to what you said earlier. Where's the incentive? Where's the motivation? It's not unusual for players to fall in and out of form. That's golf, but it doesn't help their case. Right at this moment in time, after two events, the top five on Liv's standings, Noticeable that when you click standings, you get taken to the teams page. I know. The players page. Yeah, yeah. Top five in fifth place: Brendan Steele, new signing. Fourth, Peter Uline. Third, Danny Lee. Second, Carlos Ortiz. First, can you guess? Chucky Three Sticks, Charles Howell the Third. Throw me a name. Who's the biggest player in live? Well, probably Phil Mickelson. Okay, so. Highest profile player, you would say, 37th out of 48. What about the reigning Open champion? Yeah, I don't even want Cam to know where Smith. He is. Well, he's 12th. Yeah. Dustin Johnson, 20th. Bryson DeChambeau, 34th. But a reminder. Brooks it, Kepka, yeah. 38th. In a normal world, it is March. Some of these guys would maybe only have played three or four times this year and maybe are getting geared up. Their season really hasn't started. So I may get, maybe give them a bit of a break, but I think you'll get a really good indication of where these guys are when they turn up at Augusta. That's going to be interesting, isn't it? After Fred Couples' latest comments last week, he referred to Sergio as a clown. What was it he said about Phil Mickelson? If somebody wants to pay Phil Mickelson $200 million to shoot 74, 75, God bless them. Fred will be at the Champions Dinner, one would assume, on the Tuesday night. So too will Phil, Dustin, Patrick Reed, Sergio Garcia, Charles Schwartz. That is tremendously awkward. Uh, but then we've had the whole thing before with Reed and Spieth and these fallouts, and it tends not to really go anywhere. But when you call Definitely. somebody a call somebody a clown, I always wonder whether that I, I would like to. 
hang about like a bad smell at that night to see what it's like. But I suspect it's a very short night. Yeah. I think yeah. this idea that they all trade stories by the bar, I think that's all bollocks. I think that is a starter, main course, quick dessert, quick coffee, see you later, I'm out of here. Probably done in an hour and a half. Just Gary Ployer standing there saying, what did I tell you? And they're going, no, no, that's not Gary. <laughs> yeah, Gary yeah. in the corner doing sit-ups in front of Jack. <laughs> you know, it's just like, I just, I'm not buying it. What are you thinking of Scottish Chef's menu? Thought it was pretty predictable. Really? Quite right. I didn't think mm, it was okay. that. I didn't think it was that interesting. So for those who've missed it, he's serving cheeseburger sliders served Scotty style. What is Scotty style? I've no idea. Firecracker shrimp with sweet Thai chilli and sriracha mayo. That sounds nice, to be fair. Tortilla soup. What is that? It's probably some sort of hot and spicy, like Mexican style hot and sour soup with a big tortilla in the middle of it, I suspect. You know you get different types of tortillas though, don't you? You get the soft tortillas and then the crispy tortillas. Yeah, so. I have no idea. I'm I doubt it would be soft. It would be all soggy. I'm completely dumbfounded by what it is. Yeah. I, w- I want to know more. Texas ribeye steak or blackened redfish as the entree with family-style mac and cheese. Like Jala- I like mac and cheese. Yeah, yeah. It's very basic though. Jalapeno Add cream lobster. corn. Fried Brussels sprouts. Yeah, that's a bit left field, isn't it? Yeah. Fried, but it's not Christmas. Go on. <laughs> Seasoned fries and then a warm chocolate chip skillet cookie with milk and cookies ice cream for dessert. That sounds pretty good, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like my worst nightmare, that part yeah, of it being like... Yeah, it does sound good. But I mean, the food at Augusta, they're not going to make a mess of that, <laughs> are they? They tend to bring in their own chef, though, don't they? Yeah, if, if you, yeah if, they do. If the chefs at Augusta can't do it, they're quite happy to say you bring in a chef and teach us and we'll do it or that chef stays for the night. I'd have loved to have been there when Sandy Lyle sat down with the chef and said, so I'd like to serve haggis. Yeah, You'd what like is to it? serve what, sir? <laughs> yeah. Where, where do I get that from? Yeah. There is two weeks to go until the Masters. In fact, yes, two weeks today is the Par 3 tournament. We're recording on Wednesday, by the way. How excited are you at this point, Bryce? Where's the excitement level? Yeah, I'm, pre- I, I'm pretty excited also because there's the part three course not being redone. Completely. So when they say completely, what are we talking about here? Has it been Redesigned. added like 120 years longer? Because <laughs> there's not a lot of movement in that golf course. It's a tiny bit of land and most of it's yeah. water. Imagine Tiger proofing a part three course. That's something. Yeah. Yeah, it's, go- it's going to look different. The holes are, I'm led to believe from our friends at Eureka Earth, rather different looking. So... I hope they. I hope they still have the, the. I'm sure they will. It's traditions and it's Augusta. But I hope they still have the fun element of it. Of you know the the par threes over water. You remember the one where Jack's grandson had a hole in one a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want them to have changed that. But no, I don't think they'll change that. Like the there's a couple of holes that are just crap. Like basically you're hitting into a field. <laughs> remember the one for uh, Tony Fino. I love how you've just said. Yeah, there's a couple of holes here that I just well. Let's be honest. But, but, crap. Yeah, I mean they are. It's there just are like par three course is one of the most beautiful parts of the entire property. Oh, it is, but that's not to say every hole is brilliant. Well, it's not exactly Presswick, you know. It's it's a par three course. Yeah, but still, you're the hole I'm talking about, where Tony Finau did his ankle and dislocated it. He was running along just a it's a straight of it's a straight line into a green. I know, I know. But they've maybe put a big bunker in front of yeah. it so you can get up and down. <laughs> So, yeah. There isn't really much. The, the question was, am I looking forward to it? I am now. Scale of 1 to 10. Oh, absolutely 10. It's the really? Masters. Of course so There's it is. nowhere to go. How are you going to sustain that for a Bec- fortnight? Uh, well, don't you worry, I will. It's, uh, <laughs> it's 
the Masters, where do you want me to start? What are you most excited about? Uh, I do like the Tuesday, Wednesday build-up. I am most looking forward to hearing what Fred Ridley's got to say. Yeah. I have to say that will be fascinating. I'm looking forward to hearing what Tiger's going to be saying earlier in the week. But to be honest, what am I looking forward to the most? Rory's first round. Really? Which we'll come to next week. Indeed. Let's not but go there just there, now. there is a lot on that first round. Mm -hmm. And he has got a lot on his shoulders. Where they potentially new bag or new stuff in the bag lots yeah. of stuff in the head even more on the shoulders there's a lot to to go through listen i've got the mega fear i, I don't think tinkering with your equipment is necessarily always a good thing it's a, you know it can be but two weeks before the masters two weeks before major listen, season starts listen, listen scottish effler put a new driver on his bag last year worked well to be fair not two weeks before but it wasn't that it wasn't that, it's not as if he'd been playing with that driver for six months. That was a new driver. It worked. Mm -hmm. I'm not that worried about Rory. You know his what? putting is he awful. He ball before the Masters last year, yeah. didn't he? It was his first event using the, the Pro V1X. So Rory's putting. It's not the Pro V1X. TP5X, he moved, didn't he? After Who? the Valero Texas Open, Rory, last year. Yeah. He changed the ball just before the Masters. It's not unusual to change your gear, but... What we're it's hearing a, is this isn't one change, but it's, it's many changes. Well, to be fair, it might not It might not be. It might be just the one with the putter. His, his putter is... His putting, his putting is terrible, let's be honest. And putting is a personal thing. I, I don't I just, think it is. What do you I, mean? I don't think Rory's putting is terrible. One of his... Yeah, well, he had his the best Michael putting is, season of all Michael, time. his stats in putting at the moment are horrific. I don't think that's necessarily to do with just his putting, though. Now, the reason I what say do you that, mean? What do you mean? Rory last year had one of his best seasons ever in terms of putting on the PGA Tour. First time he cracked the top 20 in strokes gained putting in his PGA Tour career. It also coincided with him finding something with his driver, being able to find more fairways, then being able to hit more greens, greens from the fairway, yep. and then hit it closer. So I'd like to see Rory's stats because I can see them on your screen there. For this They're shocking. Year, they don't look good. They're shocking. I want to see that in relation to proximity and greens and regulation and all that sort of stuff. Because he did find something his last average year. Distance and I can't believe of, he's just lost it overnight. His average distance of putts made is 209th. That is literally amongst the worst you can possibly be. But if you look at his driving stats, look, superb. From the from the fair from um approach. He's okay. You know, a scroll strained approach to the green. He's in the top 10. His putting is an issue. There is no doubt about that. His putting's not great. The stats prove that. He's going to make a significant change to do that. However, if there's one club in the bag that I think you can get good vibes from if it works straight away, it's the putter. Yes, exactly. And if it doesn't, you're straight. Well, if, like, what did we say two weeks ago? See if Rory putts well. He's in. He's the man. He's mm. in. He's in. He's in form. If he puts well, he's he's very hard to beat. He's he's going to be there or thereabouts. If he's not putting well, he's going to struggle. If Rory turns up this week and has a good putting week and gets himself set for Augusta, I'd, you'd be a fool to write him off because his record at Augusta. People forget this. He always gets a hard time. His record at Augusta is phenomenal. It's, it's phenomenal. Phenomenal. 
I would argue that this isn't necessarily the week to be testing your putting either because think of all the gimmies you're going to get. Yeah, true. You know, you're not having to knock in things from one, two feet when it matters and the greens are very, very different. Unless, you're playing, Gar- unless you're playing Matt Kutcher and he doesn't give you a gimme. <laughs> right, listen, we are running out of time a little bit. We need to go back to the quiz. WGC oh, do we have winners. to? So you've got four. You've got Tiger, you've got Dustin, you've got Rory and you've got Darren Clark. There's 16 players who have multiple WGC wins. There are two players who've each got three that you haven't yet named. Three? Uh, That's a very, very difficult question. Throw me some names. John Ram? No. Well, he's one of the, he's not won multiple World Golf Championships. He's barely played in World Golf Championship. He's only been on tour for three, four years. Bollocks. Genuinely, I have no idea. Jim Furyk? No. Yeah, I'm going to struggle with this. Throw me two more names. Do I have to? Go for it. Paul Casey. No. <sighs> Nick Faldo. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Genuinely, I'm struggling. I don't know. Okay. Phil Mickelson. He won three. Jeff Ogilvy Also uh, won three. Jeff Ogilvy. So now you're back Come down on. the list of the guys who've each got two. Jason Day. Oh, I forgot Ernie about else. Jason Day. Coming back into form, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Ernie Els has got two. Hunter Mahan. Hunter Mahan. Hideki Matsuyama. Can't believe he didn't get this. One of the events is the match play. Ian Poulter. Oh, well. How can you forget me? Made a big impression. Fellow live man, Patrick Reed. Justin Rose. Adam Scott. Bubba Watson has two WGCs. And last but not least, your old pal. JT. Correct. Justin Thomas. Four out of 16. Yeah, it's not great. Is 25%. It? Crap quiz. That's <sighs> what it is. Anyway, you've redeemed yourself somewhat in another way, a way that's much more meaningful. Podder of merit, yep. Bryce. Go there. Last week, Valspar Championship. You picked Tommy Fleetwood inspired inspired call finishing a tie for third and at one point i thought he was gonna win it and you know what i would have been okay with that i like tommy long overdue a win in the pga tour and it didn't really matter anyway because i picked keegan bradley who pretty much within the hour of us recording last week's pod pulled out so cheers keegan thanks very much for that as it stands bryce you're back in the ball game bryce two Michael Five. Yes. Back in the game. So this week it is the WGC Dell Technologies Match Play Championship. Dell Technologies, obviously, we don't need to do the sponsor thing because they make computers. But I got a good message from Steve Johnson, YouTube star Steve Mm -hmm. Johnson the other day. He said he was out for a run and his leg was sore, so he rubbed some Valspar on it. I was ending myself at that. That's tremendous. Brilliant. Brilliant. There were quite a few people got in touch to you know, ask if you were okay with the news that Diego Maradona died. Are you over that? I st- I'm not over that. I still I still can't believe it. I said to the wife, I was like, I can't remember when he died. I don't remember it happening, but I knew he was dead. I didn't know that, honestly. I, I, well, maybe I did, but I clearly didn't. It was a senior moment, wasn't it? I don't know if it's a senior moment. I just genuinely just did not, was not, if somebody said he's, you know, Maradona's in the tele tonight, big interview, I thought, oh, I'm going to watch that. 
<laughs> no, no, he's I would dead. watch that too. That would be something else. <laughs> <laughs> Who's hosting it? So there we go. Mystic Meg? Yeah. Or maybe not now. So, WGC Match Play Championship. <laughs> Bryce, <laughs> I've not said this for a while, but it's your honour. Yeah, I know. Thanks for that. Uh, so, I'm going to pick somebody that... You need to, it's obviously it's match play, you need to pick somebody that's a pain in the ass and I think they just won't go away and they get a steely determination. And I think that man is Matt Fitzpatrick. What a good shout. Thank now you. You've, you've used a big name early. I have, I have, but I'm confident with that. Matt I want the two points. So he put paid to Ian Poulter's hopes of making it to the Masters last year. I think he did quite well at the match play. It set him up for a, a good season thereafter. I was stating the Stating the blindingly obvious. My guy. Oh, right. So, eight starts this season. He's made only four cuts. His best finish is a tie for 29th at the RSM Classic. Wow, you're really going deep You're here. probably thinking, you're mental. However, I am going for the American Ian Poulter, Kevin Kisner. Yeah, he's got a good match play record. Especially at Austin Country so, Club. So good that he never gets picked for the Ryder Cup. <laughs> Won the tournament in 2019. His last four match play starts. 2-18-1-2. Yeah, no, he's got a phenomenal record. but Should really say second, 18, first, second. That's probably yeah. better way of putting it. But that's, that's his record. Yeah, okay, he's not playing the greatest golf in the world. His results aren't the greatest. He's quite but a short hitter, though, and yeah. he's, he's kind of. But it's match play. It's a different yeah. week. So you don't. Also, you don't realise what mentality some of these guys come in with. That's it. So yes, I'm going to go with him. Matt Fitzpatrick versus Kevin Kisner. How are we going to do this? Actually, because if they both go out at the same stage, then most holes won. Do you want to? Yeah. Okay. Or we just have a fight. Mm. Film it. Sick on YouTube. Yeah, most holes one. Most holes one it is. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Pathetic. <laughs> An arm wrestle. So Fitzpatrick versus Kisner, WGC, Dell Technologies Match Play Championship. Five two to me. Honesty box to finish up. Now this this is one of my favourite stories of a very, very strange year so far. A cryptocurrency company, I don't know if you've seen this price, has just bought Spay Bay Golf Club up in Moray, up in the Highlands of Scotland. A cryptocurrency company. I don't that even know what all the time. I don't even know what that is. I mean, I, I still it's I've like I, I've got I've got crypto, and I don't know what it is. I still don't even understand how it works. So, so I whoa whoa whoa. You don't really so, know what it is. You don't know how it works. But, I but you it. have it. Yeah. So let's. Uh, someone in the office, right, told me what was this about eight ten months ago that crypto was going to take off. And crypto was this, and you and had you to, listened. and I listened. You had to get involved, and it was going to be sensational. So I went to. I it thought, wasn't you know me, what? by the way. I got and I, I got on eToro, <laughs> and I set up an account. And of course, I, I did it on another site, but they wouldn't let you. Oh it literally God. would not allow you to deposit money from your bank because your bank was saying this is potentially fraudulent because I mean, it's not because it's not regulated exactly. So it wasn't regulated. So undeterred, um, you bashed on. I bashed on. So I had to find another <laughs> another account that would do it, by bypassing my bank's regulations, and that was thank you, eToro. 
So I went to eToro and other thought, scams are available. Yeah, and I just thought I'll, I'll, I'll deposit some money. So I was going like, to deposit ten quid or something. But it deposit automatically. So I knew I was going into a world that I shouldn't have been into because it automatically deposited a thousand pounds from my <laughs> what? So I'm at my son's rugby training, and a thousand pounds has come out of my account and gone into an online crypto bank. And my heart sank. I thought, how am I going to explain this one? So I managed to refund the transaction into my account. I think out of interest and the fee that I lost, like £15 or something. So but I've got, got full disclosure, I've got about £200 in crypto. I think I've lost about £50 of it in the space of about eight months. But you may be now a co-owner of Spaybay and you're just I, not aware of it. I could be a co-owner of a golf course in Scotland and... Boo all you. <laughs> I might go and buy a house there. Chill I've out. always wondered, like, how do these things take off? Like, who's stupid enough to invest in crypto? Oh, and the answer oh well. Is you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. I, d- I, d- I wouldn't really call it investing in crypto. No, it's more about g- giving my <laughs> money away. Nice. <laughs> it's about losing 50 quid. Your, your investment portfolio is incredible. Crypto and a Scottish beer brand as well that you bought shares in that yes, you'll never see a return Yeah, I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know what's happening with that. I won't say who they are, but it rhymes no. with Schmoodog. Yeah. So, based on that story about Spaybay and the cryptocurrency company, it got me thinking, Bryce, as it does, because I like my tenuous links, what is the most random company ever to buy into golf, either as a title partner of a tournament or as the sponsor of a player? I do think it was hilarious that Tiger not win an event that was sponsored by McDonald's, like a fast food company. I do think it was amazing that McDonald's and Tiger's first win, some of the pictures are just hilarious. It's him standing next to Ronald McDonald, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, I do think that is amazing, considering that Tiger revolutionised sport and golf as this athletic yeah. brand in areas standing next to somebody who's basically killed everyone. Supersized this. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. That I was do, a bit I, random. I do find that quite hilarious. Uh, honestly, off the top of my head, I'm struggling. <sighs> That's why you have to pray. I know, I didn't read that. <laughs> Remember Pucker Pies? Was it not Jeff Ogilvie was um, That's right, yeah. sponsored by them for a while? I mean, Australians, pies, it makes sense. It's not, it's not that daft. Obviously, John Daly and Hooters. That's a bit strange. You wouldn't have thought golf would be a, a great fit for Hooters. Yeah, you'll f- and you'll find out how, how close... And yet they sponsored a tour, or didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My favourite. There is one clear standout winner here, Bryce. Jason Duffner. In 2019, <laughs> he put pen to paper on a new deal with Dude Wipes. A company... Dude Wipes. Yes, yeah, I dude want wipes. to know what that is. They're a company that primarily manufacture flushable wipes for adults. Basically, baby wipes for grown-ups. Look, there you go. There's your picture. Why would you use that? When there's toilet roll. Exactly. Why would you dude, want Dude Wipes? Dude Wipes. They're for kids. So on the company website, it said, back in the day, we always hated using toilet paper. The stuff stinks. It's because it's covered in shit. Yes, well... We believed life should be better. Something had to be done. So we went to work creating dude wipes out of our apartment. Soon, the dude movement was born with flushable wipes for on the go. Who is wiping their backside on the go? <laughs> Strolling down the street. Oh, well, hang on two oh, seconds. Hold on a minute. Not even breaking strides. I need a wee refresher here. And at home. Oh, I see what they've done there. That's clever. Situations. 
Dude wipes. Duffner had them. Look, there you go. You can see Duffner brandishing their logo on his sleeve, which ironically would probably have been better to wipe himself with than one of their wipes. Nothing wipes. tops that. Nothing's going to top that. Do you Nothing remember tops that. Matteo Manicero, when he first turned pro, Kinder. Yes. Kinder surprise eggs. That's amazing. Heads Good to knowledge. Toe, kinder. Good knowledge. Of course, then you have the NFL deals like with Payne Stewart. Yeah, 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 yeah. And more recently, Ben Curtis. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Dude Wipes. I don't think anything's going to beat that. Dude Wipe wins it. That's tremendous. I don't think he's still sponsored by them. But then again, I couldn't tell you the last time I saw Jess, Jason Duffner play golf. He has kind of disappeared, hasn't he? Yeah, when was the last time you saw Dude Wipe? Can you buy them over here? I'm going to get to the Amazon. Terry, last time I saw them, it's when I went into your bathroom just 10 <laughs> minutes ago. There was a whole box of <laughs> sons. There, there oh, are my sons. Yeah, is that your answer for everything? Here we go. See that box of magazines right there? Is that your sons as well? No, they're mine. Uh, there we go. Amazon. Dude wipes. Dude wipe three pack. Three packs. 48 wipes. 20 pounds. Billions of butts wiped. Billions of butts. Billions. How are they quantifying billions of butts? It's time to quit toilet paper. Come on, you're better than the scratchy paper. Once you try did wipes, you'll never go back. Hi, look, look, we're on. We're on Amazon. Let's go to reviews. Uh oh. Do job well. <laughs> Easy to use. Best wipes out there, hands down. These. Oh, wait a minute. These things are the absolute business, saving me on showers left, right, and centre. What? Huh? Expensive. Saving you on showers? Expensive for what they are. Oh, here we go. They either tear to get one at a time or get a handful when you only want one. What? Badly made. I've just remembered, by the way, Rory Sabatini, Slovakia's finest. Do you recall a couple of years ago he was sponsored by Nerf <laughs> guns. Yeah, you know the like the foam guns yeah, that you yeah, get for yeah. kids. He was sponsored by Nerf. They Brilliant. were there was their logo was on the side of his bag, both sides. Brilliant. It's like people only do things for money. It's really sad. <laughs> and that said, thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Bunker Podcast in association with Callaway. <laughs> <laughs> Next week will be brought to you by Dude Wipes, probably. Mm, probably God. not. No, what, be Galloway. If you're listening, send us some samples and we'll find somebody yeah. to try it. Bollocks, I'll just buy them. They're only 20 quid. <laughs> no, I'm not. Because then money. they'll be somewhere and someone will see them and think that I've got, I used dude wipes and I'll be all around <laughs> the village. <laughs> On that note, I'm escaping this village. Thank you once again, Bryce, for your hospitality. Pleasure. Look, this is becoming a very strange, regular I occurrence. Know. I should get really my, just move in. Get out my house. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Callaway, for your continued support. Thank you to you for listening and stay tuned for our special Masters preview coming next week. Don't forget, I will be at Augusta. Did I mention I'll be at Augusta? Move on. I'll be there for the whole week and there will be daily pods. The Masters commute will be coming back once again, so you will be getting all the news, views, interviews, etc. straight from Augusta every single day. That's for a couple of weeks from now. Until then, thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye for now. <laughs>